Welcome to The Joy Randolph Show, a show where you can discover simple and easy ways to increase your feeling of joy every day. I'm your host and your coach, Joy Randolph. On this show, I'm obsessed with discovering ways we can increase our capacity to feel joy in our relationships, our careers, and also our health and body, and most importantly, ourselves. Now, on today's episode, I really wanted to talk about how to feel less stressed after a full day with your kids. Just saying that, a full day. (laughs) That sounds so intense. Now, I will start by saying that I love being a mom. I love my children, and I know so many of you love and adore your kids. I was watching a video, actually, Michelle Obama, who was talking to a panel of women about how in their early years of her marriage to Barack, she actually really struggled in that relationship. She said that for the first 10 years, she felt like she hated her husband. And in this video in this talk, she talks about all the different things that kids do, that they take so much of your time and their needs feel very demanding and they're hungry and all sorts of things. And it's so hard to find time for yourself and to find time for your lover. And she just talked about how hard it was. And yet at the same time, she feels and felt back then too, an enormous amount of love for her girls. Now I'm wondering whether you can relate when you have these cycles of intense feeling of overwhelm and stress and just wishing you could just get away. And at the same time, you have intense feelings of love and laughter and just totally feeling grateful that these little precious cutie bumpkins are just yours. Now, what I really wanted to focus on is how we can navigate things when we're feeling those intense moments of stress. Because I know for sure that if I'm feeling stressed like that on a continual basis, it totally shifts my perspective on how I feel about mothering. It totally shifts my perspective on how I feel about myself and my self-worth and my days and my life. And one of the key things that can really feel intense is a full day with our kids. So let's get into it. So let's just pause for a moment and think about a full day with our kids. What does that consist of? Different moms have different situations in terms of they might have multiple kids. They might have one child. They may have a a nanny or some form of childcare or parents around Or some moms are doing everything by themselves. If you're a single mother listening to this, hats off to you. So though I know that you listening to this may have your own specific situation, I hope 
you will see what relates to you. <clears throat> and in particular, what may shift things and make things easier for you. So let me just start with a situation. <clears throat> I'll start by talking about my own experience. So I have two girls and my eldest daughter, Skylar, she is four years old. And I also have a one-year-old. Now, in my first year of mothering, I never really felt intense episodes. Or maybe I just forgot because it was <laughs> like it was four years ago, right? But parenting in my first year felt so easy because it felt like I had a way to escape. I would put my daughter to sleep and I'd be able to cook in peace. I would be able to do a little exercise. I'd be able to work on my business while she slept for a little bit, even if it was just 20 minutes. I really treasured those 20 minute gaps. And eventually we ended up getting some childcare and I would do a few days working, a few days full on with my daughter. And I would break things up by doing baby classes and going outside and really organizing and structuring the day in a way that even when I had full, a full day with my daughter, it actually felt really easy. But then there comes a time when it just doesn't feel so easy. And in my case, it was when I had baby number two. So once my second daughter arrived, oh my goodness, I then started to relate to stories I've seen so many moms share. And it goes something like this, and maybe you can relate to. My daughters would wake up earlier, so it would start with an early morning where there was 5 a.m., 6 a.m. crying. And it's it always felt like it's a bit my fault because maybe I stayed up a little bit too late the night before. Then one child is saying, mommy, mommy, I'm hungry. I feed them. A few minutes later, mommy, mommy, I'm still hungry. I feed them. And it feels like almost all day, it's just a constant, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And there's also this tension between siblings when they're fighting and one child wants what the other child has. Or when I was trying to breastfeed and eat dinner and cut food for the other child. Or worse, after a long day, once we all sit at the table, my husband's there, my children are there, I'm sitting there able to eat my meal. And as I take my first bite, my daughter goes, I need to potty. And I'm like, really? Right now, of all the times, of all the times you could potty, it's just when I sit down and have a hot meal. And of course, by the time she's finished pottying, particularly if it's a poo, which sorry if it sounds too TMI, but you know what I mean. If it's a poo and they're still learning how to poo, or they're even just learning how to pee on the potty, I can think of a number of times it felt like I was sitting by the toilet for a long time. And even if it wasn't for a long time, it was repeatedly going back and forth because they hadn't yet mastered the skill of relaxing and just doing it. And what I found was that when all these little things would come up and there would be meltdowns and tantrums and just intense crying, 
I no longer recognize myself as a mother. If I was to look at two versions of moms, in my first year with one child, I was, I felt like the mother that was breastfeeding and calm and able to cope with her child crying, partly because my child slept through the night from four months. You know, I didn't really have to navigate real sleep deprivation. And once I started to experience what is actually a very natural experience that so many moms go through and are going through right this second, once I experienced it, I fell apart. I no longer felt like this mother. I actually felt like a very incapable, not competent, stressed, overwhelmed, tired, can I say angry mother? And I felt so frustrated and snappy and short and just couldn't recognize myself. It was like two very, very different women. Now, one of the things that I would find frustrating is if I go to YouTube and I think about, you know, ways to reduce your stress or whatever, and they're like, you know, go for a run or they're giving you advice, like get eight hours of sleep or journal, or if things get too intense, just take a break. I'm like, but I can't do that. And in a pandemic or in a situation where you don't have childcare, or maybe your kids are sick and you can't take them to school and you're at home and there is no way out, you are just in this on your own. What do you do? What I found is that we can start to develop beliefs about ourselves as a parent. We can start believing that I am not a good mother. I am not as good of a mother as I hoped I'd be. I've seen all these positive parenting TikToks or Instagram reels. I've seen and heard all these ways that I could be much more mindful about how I communicate to my child. I've seen all these ways that I can be more patient, but you know what? Even though I have every intention of being patient and calm and present, sometimes I just want to say, stop crying. <laughs> Sometimes I just want to say, don't do that to your sister. Sometimes I just want to say, eat your food. I am not going to cook you another meal if you suddenly feel like not eating the waffles that you just asked for. <sighs> and isn't that interesting? Sometimes when we just say what is actually in our heart, we can feel a, <sighs> but then after that comes out, it doesn't really feel good. Like if I just say what I'm thinking in the moment and I just release what my tensions are, I don't end up leaving the conversation with my children feeling relaxed or energized. I actually end up feeling worse. And it ends up being the cycle where we end up talking to ourselves about ourselves much more negatively. But here's something that I learned today that really, really shifted things for me. What if the problem isn't that I am not patient or I am not good enough or I am not coping well or I am not cut out for this? What if the 
actual situation is that I am not built to function in this way. Humans are not built to function in this way. Here's what I find interesting. There is almost a knowing that I'm not cut out for this. The thing with that thought is when we think we're not cut out for this and we truly believe it, we think that we as an individual person are not cut out for this. And yet there are other women or other moms or other dads, other parents that can do it, that are built for it. Except what if we're just a little bit off on that sentence? What if it's that humans are not cut out for this? There are, of course, stay-at-home parents that love and value and treasure, and it's been their dream to stay at home and be with their kids all day. And I have been a stay-at-home mother too. So I truly, truly get the value of being at home full-time with your kids. At the same time, what I've noticed is that mothers that are truly happy being full-time parents find ways to feel less overwhelmed. I've heard stories of homeschooling moms with six kids. And if you actually listen to how they organize and structure their day and they are glowing and they're not overwhelmed, sure, they have a lot to do because they're homeschooling six kids. But, you know, they'll do little things like sleep training a baby from a very early age and maybe going out on a date with their husband and having someone babysit. They will do things that will enable them to lower their stress levels. So when I say that we're not built for this, what I mean to say is, let's step back for a moment and think about what humans are built for. For example, the world. Our world needs the sun to rise and it also needs the sun to come down. When I think about the ocean, there's a tide. It comes in and it goes out. When you think about seasons, there is a spring, there is a summer, a fall, and a winter. And if any of these pieces fall apart, if these seasons, if, these, if the rhythm of the seasons and the sun and the moon, if all of this just stops, there would be massive implications. You can see in different places, like in California, if there are droughts for a really, really long time, it affects so much. In the UK, there have been conversations about droughts affecting farmers and affecting the local food production and the implications that that might have on people and on supermarket and prices and everything. And so there is a beauty in the rhythm, but more importantly, there is a purpose in the rhythm. And when different seasons happen, it can be frustrating when it's cold 
It can be frustrating when it's winter. It can be frustrating when it's super hot. And yet those seasons are still necessary in order for certain flowers to grow, for certain fruits and vegetables to grow, and for things to blossom. And without those seasons, there is no blossoming. There is just drought. Now, when we think about the world in that way, have you considered that you yourself have a rhythm? And that if you are in tune with your rhythm, that life feels so much easier, that you feel as though there are more ways for you to blossom as opposed to feeling like you're dying inside, kind of like a degeneration. You know, when I'm not in the flow of mothering and I'm feeling like I'm against the wall and I'm struggling and I'm in this suffering feeling, every day it chips my confidence and every day just gets harder and harder until I get out of it. And what if, what if the way to blossoming is to learn our rhythm? Now there are a couple of rhythms. One is the circadian rhythm. Now the circadian rhythm is basically our internal clock-like system. It's like a 24-hour cycle of waking up and sleeping, kind of like the sun. The sun rises and then there's a rest period. Now when we don't get our rest period, things start to get a little bit wonky. Every mom knows this. If we go too long without getting adequate sleep, we just do not feel like ourselves. And the issue isn't you've got to push harder. You've just got to learn your positive parenting techniques. You've just got to be better at managing your emotions. You've got to be better at reacting to your kids. You've got to be better at this. You've got to be better at that. The issue isn't that we need to perfect things, but actually it's that we aren't like ourselves. Another rhythm is called an ultradian rhythm. It's sort of similar to the circadian rhythm, but the main difference is, is that it's basically having a look at your performance over time. And it basically has this perspective of this view that your performance goes through waves. Kind of like how if you were to see a wave in the ocean, it goes up and it goes down and it goes up and it goes down and it goes up and it goes down. You yourself throughout the day have periods where you go up in productivity and you go back down and you go back up in productivity and you go down. Here's what happens when you have a full day with your kids. The days can feel full all day long. And at the office, let's say we were working. When I used to work, I used to just wake up and I would go to the office and I would sit on my computer at nine o'clock. I might take a break to go to the toilet and, you know, have a cheeky look at my phone. And then I go back to the office and I'd stay on my computer again. But if I was having lunch, I'd typically eat lunch at my desk and then I'd keep working some more. And then maybe I'd leave the office at six o'clock. I was used to working 
pretty much all day long with very few breaks and even skipping lunch, I thought that was normal. What I never truly considered though, is that all those times when I felt bored, irritated, um, distracted, I found it difficult to focus. I wanted to just leave my desk. All those times were actually signs that I had reached a down point in my ultradian rhythm. The funny thing is, is that I always knew when I was at my most productive because I would just be so in the zone that I would literally lose track of time. If I was writing a PowerPoint presentation for a major brand, I would be just like all the words would just flow through my fingers and it would just be like getting done and I'd be having such a good time. But then eventually all that energy would just slowly fizzle out. And then I start having more difficulty trying to figure out what to say and how to say it. And I start having more difficulty focusing and I start looking at my phone, checking the time. And all of a sudden the time feels like it's going by slower and slower, but I would push through because that's what you're supposed to do, right? You still have to work. You have to get this done. And I would just push through. Even if I wanted a rest or we skip a lunch or we delay a lunch, we delay getting up to go grab a drink. All those times that we're thinking I should go grab a drink. I should just take a break. I should go to the toilet. All those times that we're having those thoughts, those are actually reflections that we've actually hit the downward point of the ultradian rhythm. Now, these cycles are typically 90 minutes. So you might have a 90 minute productivity peak point. And then once you get to the bottom of that, we feel less productive, less focused, and that can go on for however long I push through because we are told you have to work these hours. And I also knew that I had so much stuff to do. I used to work with major brands. And so it was really important that I delivered my best work and I was a high performer. And so just the notion of taking breaks just didn't feel like an attractive idea, whether it's because the company didn't necessarily suggest it or because I personally didn't suggest it because I wanted to do well. I wanted to do well in my job. Now let's think about how this relates to parenting when we're with our kids. Because we can kind of have this mentality, a similar mentality that we're supposed to go all day long. You know, there's so many jokes that parenting is a 24 hour job that you never get a break from. Even that sentence alone, a 24 hour job, you never get a break from. There's no pay, there's no breaks. And so how it shows up is we are tired. Not only are we sleep deprived, after all the meltdowns and the negotiations that we've had to make and their demands and their needs and constantly getting up and sitting down and getting up and sitting down and driving around, you know, to do all sorts of school pickups, school drop-offs, this class, that class, all of that, we feel tired. And we're starting to rub our eyes and brain fog. You know, it, it can feel as though, you know, we have what's called mommy brain where it's, it, 
we don't even recognize how our brain works. We're like, I used to remember things more, or I used to be able to solve problems. I used to be able to know what to do when I was in a stressful situation. Now I just don't know. I just feel stressed and overwhelmed and I can't think about what I'm supposed to be doing and I can't execute what deep in my heart I know I could be doing or how I could respond. And it's partly because we're more irritated. We, we start to feel more annoyed with our kids than we used to. You know, there's a saying that, you know, if you go away, it doesn't matter if you're going to a store or you're literally going abroad away from your kids for a little break, that break, it can feel like you come back, even if that break was just an hour or it was two days, you can feel like you're coming back significantly less irritated with your kids because you've had that step away. And another signal that we are at that low peak is when we are very reactive. When the little things that our children do trigger us in some way. And when we feel triggered, we just react in almost an instantaneous way without really thinking or feeling as though we have much control over our reactions. A classic example of this is mummy rage. The challenge with this is that when we are sitting in this feeling on a continual basis, we end up thinking that this is just our life. This is our mood. This is the way that we parent. And our kids may even develop a story of this. That's just how my mom is. And you may believe that's just how I am. It's my personality. And at the same time, we feel like we're doing our best, that this is the best we can give. And we don't have another ounce of energy left to give more. We don't have a single ounce of patience or grace or anything. We are just completely de depleted. And so how do you kind of get through that? Well, one of the things that can make a massive, massive difference is to take a break. Oh, take a break. That is not feasible. I have looked at books and resources. For example, when I look at the Altradium Rhythm, the American and Israeli military, they are really fascinated by the Altradium Rhythm because they can see these dips in performance and they're curious about how long can people go? How long can people fight before they start making mistakes? Before they start not performing as well, not running as well, not making the right decisions. And what they realize is that if people just took breaks, that they would actually be able to fight longer, they would make fewer mistakes, and that they would actually be able to be performing at their highest levels. Now, this is the same at work. And this is also the same when you're a mom. But here's what's different about being a mom. If you're a mom and you're having a full day with your kids, where is the space or the opportunity to take a break? All those times you've just wanted a break and there's been nowhere for you to go. All those times you've just wished that you could get help and there's been no one around to help you because you're on your own. 
for that day, for that week, for that month, for that year, for whatever period you're on your own. So what I want to do today is I want to share simple ways you can take a break. Now, here's the thing that could make a massive difference is if you rest. When I think about resting, I think like, what, take a break? But here's what rest actually means. Resting means to seize work or movement in order to relax, sleep, or recover strength. So think about it this way. What things can you do with your kids or when you are still next to your kids that will help you feel a little bit more relaxed or that will help you recover your strength? Now, a lot of experts talk about 20 minutes is a really great amount of time you can use to rest so that you then have the energy for the next 90 minutes and then you rest after that. But realistically, 20 minutes may not be feasible depending on what your situation is, how old your kids are, how many kids you have. The only thing that matters is that you take a minute. One thing you can do when your kids are in bed, it doesn't matter how long they sleep for it. Let's say It's 30 minutes before your baby starts crying because that baby's not yet sleeping through the night yet. Or if your child is sleeping through the night because they're older, whichever situation, grab yourself an eye mask. It sounds simple, I know. But honestly, an eye mask. Grab yourself an eye mask. Put on some headphones. And if you are alone that night because your husband's away or a partner's away or you're a single mom and you don't have another person and therefore you need to have your ears present, then just go to another room, turn off the lights, lay down, put your eye mask on and just Allow yourself to decompress before you go on your phone, before you tidy up the house, before you do anything, just put that eye mask on. Instantly, it will start to mirror how you feel when you start to fall asleep. And instantly, you will start to feel your nervous system beginning to regulate. That overstimulated self where with your eyes and your ears and your body, just everything was just stimulated, 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 stimulated. All of a sudden, there can just be silence. There's nothing for you to look at. There's nothing for you to hear. And if you do want to hear something, because I like to hear white noise. So the same way that my baby will sleep with white noise in her room, I will put on my headphones and I will tell my husband, can you listen out for the baby? Here's the monitor. I'm going to take a break. And just by putting on white noise so that it's so loud that even if my baby was to wake up and cry because she hasn't yet fully fallen asleep, I don't have to hear it. And it's now my husband's responsibility for just those 
15, 20 minutes, it makes a massive difference. But even if you don't have 15 or 20 minutes to do that, I've actually incorporated this into my everyday sleep routine. I actually sleep with an eye mask on. I got it when I was pregnant with my second and I used it at the hospital and it was life-changing, honestly life-changing. It sounds crazy, but when I sleep with an eye mask on, I feel so much more rested than when I sleep without an eye mask. A simple thing. But during the day, what do we do? Because that's at the end of the day. So during the day, one simple thing we can do is we can take a deep breath. Different kids have different things, right? Some kids throw massive tantrums and they throw stuff. And some kids like to don't want to hug and they kind of want to separate from you. And, you know, every child has their own way of responding to the big feelings they have inside. Well, my precious girl, when she gets upset, she cries. There's no tantrums. She's never thrown a tantrum. She just cries so loud and it's big and it's intense and it's emotional and it's just floods of tears. And if her feelings are really big, it's almost as though there's nothing I can say to soothe her. She's just riding this big tsunami and I feel like I'm being swept away by it. And she possibly feels like she's feeling that way too. And when I am really in that, I can feel as a highly sensitive person, I can feel so overwhelmed if the crying is going on for more than a couple minutes. So what I noticed made a difference was that I was trying to do this positive parenting thing and it wasn't working. And I had tried to teach her how to meditate, to kind of self-regulate. And sometimes it would work, but there was this one occasion that I remember, it wasn't working. And so what I decided to do is I said, okay, me saying, why don't you sit and meditate seems to be irritating you. Because when I said, why don't you sit and meditate, her scream just got louder because she was like, not only am I upset, you're telling me to meditate. Like, this is not cool. <laughs> if daddy said to you, oh, honey, you're crying so hard. Why don't you go meditate? You probably wouldn't be so receptive. And I realized yeah, that's probably not the right thing for me to do right now. So I said, you know what? I'm having big feelings too. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit and meditate. And if you want to join me, you can. And so I crossed my legs. I sat on the floor and I closed my eyes, took a deep breath, and I meditated. And she was crying and I didn't look at her. I didn't try and soothe her. I didn't try and calm her. I just said, I'm here. I'm sitting with you. This is hard for you and you've got big feelings. And when I have big feelings, I just sit. And sometimes it's helpful if I just sit and take a deep breath. So this is what I'm going to do right now. And if you want to join me, you can. 
And after, I don't know, about 10 breaths in, she stopped crying. She hugged me. She sat on my lap. And I said, would you like to take some deep breaths with me? She said, yeah. And she started taking deep breaths and we counted to 10 and we did 10 big deep breaths together. Here's the amazing thing about this. It actually worked for me. First for me, I didn't think it would work for her. I didn't know if it would work for her because at that point, nothing seemed to be calming her. That 20 breath break was enough to start to boost my mood again, to help me get out of this feeling of annoyance and reactivity. It was enough to help me feel more present and calm and relaxed and ready for the next wave of mothering. Now, what I have demonstrated is that if I'm feeling overwhelmed, if I'm feeling stressed, if I'm feeling like this is difficult and I just take a quiet moment to sit and meditate, no matter where I am, I could be outside, I could be with my kids, no matter where I am, it can really, really change my feeling. So my invitation for you today is to think about if any of these suggestions of rest could be helpful to you. And if you have some other ideas of resting, do it. Just anything that helps you recover your strength. One last thing. One other thing that really helps me to recover my strength is if I wear headphones. When I am full-time momming and I have to do it again the next day, I ask my husband to do nights. Now, a lot of moms have a very different perspective. They'll say, well, because I'm the stay-at-home mother and I'm a full-time mother and my husband goes to work and, you know, they have to focus and, you know, because they have a serious job, it's really important that they get adequate sleep. I actually have a different perspective. If you have a husband that is, or partner that is, willing to do nights, ask him to do nights. As a mom, you are the life of the family. You literally created children in your body. You birthed those children. And even if there's a mom listening to this that's had an adoption, or maybe you are looking after someone else's child and you haven't gone through that process, you are still the life of the family. If the mother of the house is stressed and overwhelmed and exhausted, the husband will not have a happier wife. He's less likely to be intimate with you if you're completely burnt out. There's probably more of a likelihood that there's going to be mother rage because as your life changes, as his life stays largely the same, and he gets the benefit of being able to leave the house or leave the home, go to work, come back and spend maybe an hour, if any hour at all with the kids. Because parenting isn't a solo job. The only time it's a solo job is when you are raising your children by yourselves. But if you have a husband or a partner that you live with and they want to share the parenting responsibilities, please, ladies, do not feel guilty about asking your partner 
to help with nights, even if he is the only person that is bringing in an income. If he doesn't want to do it, okay. But if it's something that he might be willing to do, would you not love to say yes to that offer of help? How would it feel for him to say yes? And so in the last four years of being a mom, I have never had to do nights apart from on days that my husband is away on a business trip. And it's been luxurious because when my kids go to sleep and I've put them down and I've breastfed them for however long and I've spent all day with them and I've dealt with their tears and their meltdowns and the poop and the diapers and the, and the fights and the bickering and the blah, 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 the whole list after I've dealt with all of that, when I say good night, I actually do mean good night. And I can put my headphones on, I can do what I love, I can switch off, and by the time the next day rises, it's a whole new day, and all of a sudden it feels so much more manageable than when I was trying to do absolutely everything all by myself. Now, if there's a single mother or there's a mom who has a husband or a partner that's not willing to do this, it may simply be that you think about ways that you can feel rest when your kids are sleeping or putting in headphones when you are soothing a crying baby in the middle of the night so that your ears aren't being blasted with a loud cry, but instead white noise. Even that alone can help to make that time that they're awake and struggling to fall asleep just a little bit easier. Anyways, that's it for me for this week. This was a longer podcast than the last episode. I hope you liked it. If you did, please share it with a friend that you know has long days and share it with them so that they too can find ways to feel more joy after a full day with their kids. Anyways, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget, if you're listening to this podcast on YouTube, please give it a thumbs up. Thanks for watching and thanks for listening. And I'll speak to you soon.